Jessica Formicola is a psychotherapist turned CEO of Savory Experiments. She's a TV personality, a cookbook author, a recipe developer. She's been featured in Better Homes and Gardens, Parade, Mashed, and many more. Welcome to the show, Jessica. Thank you for having me. Yeah, excited to have you on. Tell us a little about your personal lives, more about your work, and why you do what you do. Well, I kind of fell into food. I was a psychotherapist for 12 years. I worked with duly diagnosed patients. I was the director at an outpatient psych program and a college professor. And we had some struggles in our personal life. We went through a lot of fertility treatment and I was finding myself needing my own kind of personal therapy and outlet. And TV wasn't doing it. I couldn't always go to the gym because of the fertility treatment, which was another one of my outlets. And uh, happy hour was off the table. So I needed to find something else. And I always enjoyed food and cooking. And we would start to host dinner parties at our house. And friends would ask me for the recipes. And I realized pretty fast that I never actually followed a recipe. It was always a little bit of this and a little bit of that and customizing it. So I started writing them down. And one day at work, when a patient no-showed for their appointment, I Googled how to start a blog. And I had no idea. I had no idea where I'd be uh, 13, 14 years later. And I certainly had no idea how many food blogs were out there. I mean, this is long before. This was when Facebook was the only thing around. There wasn't any Instagram or Twitter or anything else. So that is... That is how it started. It was very simple. And as life has gone on, the bar has continued to be raised and between social media. And I started writing for larger publications like Better Homes and Gardens. I got the opportunity to start doing our local news, doing cooking demos. And now that's rolled into larger cooking demos. I just filmed with Campbell's and um, the National Beef Council and a whole bunch of other brands. And now I'm a food judge on a W on a not W it's WBAL in Baltimore, but a Hearst publication on the on their app. So it's just kind of snowballed into something completely different, but it's a lot of fun and I'm just rolling with it. Life's a funny thing. It is. It is. Awesome. We were talking uh just uh b- b- before we got started here and uh, I forget if I said it or you said it. You said food is easy. And I thought I think that's a good way to start the show because is it, you know, we, we, we all eat. I, I think it's kind of like money. It's like, we all use money, but is money easy? We all eat food, but is food easy? I, 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 I don't know. I feel like money's a little bit more complicated than food. Food can be easy if you want it to be easy. And it can also be really good and easy. It doesn't have to be complicated. I am a busy mom. I've got two kids. I work ridiculous hours and often early and late. I don't marinate things for 48 hours and then sous vide and expect my life to, you know, a four hour cooking in the evening. I need 30 minute meals too, but I still want them to have those restaurant quality elements and, and it can be done, but food is something that every culture shares. It's something that everybody does every single day, and it's what you make of it. So a lot of what we do is talk about how to reframe it instead of looking at cooking or eating as a chore and something we have to do. We talk about it being something we want to do and kind of taking it back to old school times where you spent time in the kitchen with your grandma and asking questions and learning about things and spending quality time together, but also teaching kids about food, 
find that nowadays, especially with the millennials, um, that is missed. You know, there are kids that can't fry an egg or make even a box of Kraft macaroni and cheese, let alone saying, okay, make your Kraft macaroni and cheese, but let's elevate it a little bit. How can we make this a better meal? And I want to bring that back to the kitchen. So again, a lot of this is reframing. How can we enjoy cooking and making it an element of all of our family lives or our personal lives instead of it being a chore? I absolutely love it. It seems to me that the more busy we are, the more we recognize the need to spend quality time with our loved ones. And I certainly want my two boys and my daughter to be able to make elevated mac and cheese or to be able to fry an egg or to just to be self-sustaining and to make healthy choices instead of just going, doing um, takeout or going through a drive through and don't get me wrong. We still go through a McDonald's drive-thru every sure. once in a while. I mean, sure. everybody wanted the boo basket during Halloween. But, um, you know, it's all about balance, too. Isn't life balance? And food can be that. But with kids, too, gosh, there are so many kids now. And I hear this from parents all the time. They're like, well, my kids eat earlier, and they eat hot dogs and chicken nuggets. And then we eat after they go to bed, and we make, you know, a meal for ourselves. And I, gosh, what a missed opportunity. This is why kids these days don't have palates that they eat a lot more stuff. Our kids eat what we eat. Now, if I have a spicy sauce, I might leave it on the side or I might make um, something a little bit different for them. For instance, salmon is a, is a flavor that a lot of children still haven't quite developed the palate for. But ultimately, we figure out a way for our children to eat the same thing we're eating and we still make a family dinner time even when one of us is traveling for work, we still make it an effort to sit down with the kids and eat and talk about the food and have that conversation. And even though my daughter's only in kindergarten, she could tell you what's her starch, what's her vegetable, which one's a root vegetable, which one isn't, where that protein came from, which for us, if you eat proteins, is very important to respect the process of ranching and farming and where these things come from. And uh, most kids her age can't do that. I mean, my daughter's eating truffle pate on her pasta instead of butter and Parmesan cheese. So it's possible. I feel like that's probably the first step is setting the intention truffle of- Truffle pate? Of, <laughs> the first step is, in fact, truffle pate. You must know it what is. truffles are, and you also must know what pate is. And you need to figure out how to marry those two things. And then get a child to eat it. Do you call it truffle pate? And, and she still ate it. You do. And I, honestly, I just I buy it in a jar off Amazon. It's not even that expensive. It's not like really good shaved truffles. It's like just regular black truffles. But anyway, neither here nor there. But yes, she knows what she's eating. She she we travel with our kids too. They I mean she ate it first in Italy where she was eating a dish that was boar and and truffle pate on pasta and. That same day, somebody walked up to me, an American, and said, Italy is no place for children. There's tons of children in Italy. Why Why in the world would you say something like that? Um, but anyway, it just goes to show you that like, you can do anything with your kids, and they're going to be more well-rounded for it in the long run. Yeah, for sure. There, there's, there's no doubt about that. So your daughter, you mentioned she's in kindergarten. Um, when, when can you get a child involved in the kitchen and how, what are some of those kind of baby steps or maybe initial steps? My children have been in the kitchen since they were infants. They were sitting on a bumbo on my counter watching me cook and talking. Um, and 
For us, we did a process called baby led weaning. If you're not familiar with it, you basically skip baby food and you go straight to solid food. And the concepts behind it are that they don't get used to sweetened flavors that are in baby foods and they learn how to chew easier and reduces the risk of choking later on in life because they don't just swallow like you would with a baby food. So we started pretty early on and we did the same thing. She ate what we ate. She shared entrees with mom and dad instead of ordering off of the kid's menu. Very truthful. My son, who is four, is a much pickier eater than my daughter, who is six. And so he's been a little bit trickier, but they all started then. And as soon as I could get her to stand, she was doing stuff. She was mixing cookie doughs. She was tasting the food as I made it. She was seasoning things. Sometimes things got a little salty, but you know what? It's one meal of one day and you'll make another one tomorrow. And that's how we learned about salt and what it tastes like and how it affects food. And they also sell these kids safe kitchen knives. I don't know if you've seen them, they're kind of plastic. So she can help me prep salads and we taste the vegetables. We taste them, how they taste raw and how they taste cooked and the difference. And, um, and they, so they do, they help, they love helping in the kitchen. And they think again, it's a reframe for parents of you're just trying to get it done fast and it's easier for you if they just get out of your way. Or do we say, you know what, cooking dinner tonight might not be a 30-minute meal, but this is going to be my quality time with my child. I'm going to be able to ask them about their day, and they are going to actually tell me instead of staring at an iPad or the TV or doing their homework. And it becomes an enjoyable experience that everybody looks forward to. I think that's such a, a, a cool and powerful and really wonderful thing, and I'm guilty of letting expediency get in the way of lots of things. Like I need to stop putting the shoe, my, my, my kid's shoes and socks on to get them out the door on time. They just need to be able to do that. And instead of me cooking the food, just involving a couple of extra steps and knowing that, Hey, we're going to make a little bit of a mess and it's going to take a little bit longer, but we get to have those, those, those serendipitous conversations or whatever the term is that wouldn't be happening because to your point, they'd be focused on something else. Let me tell you, my kids love using the spray cleaner too. So even if they do make a mess, they then get fight over who gets to use the spray cleaner to clean it up again. So you can make even those types of things part of the experience. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We've got a lot of parallels going on in our households. We've got spray guy and everybody wants to be spray guy for sure. So totally get it. (laughs) It's all in how you frame it. Yeah, well, a thousand percent. Now, if I grew up in a house, I'm... Let's just say that I'm not the excellent cook that I am in real life. If I was not, how do I how do I dip my toe in there? How do I how do I take baby steps to being comfortable cooking myself so I can help my kids be involved also? Just start. Find a couple of recipes online and you know, food bloggers get a bad rap because of all the junk that's in their posts before the actual recipe. But if you're following some that do this for a living, like I do, those posts are actually very informational. They teach you things, at least mine, teach you things about technique and ingredients so that you don't just use it in that recipe. You're not just following a recipe and moving forward. You're learning about this ingredient to build your own confidence in the kitchen. So next time you see it in a recipe, mine, yours, you're creating your own, that you feel comfortable and confident being able to manipulate it and do something different with it and work with it. And that's 
kind of the whole point behind Savory Experiments is it's in savoryexperiments.com is the website. It's learning how to feel comfortable and confident in the kitchen. I don't want you to follow my recipe. I want you to use my recipe as a base and I want you to learn technique from it so that when you go forth and you do more things in your kitchen, you can do that. So the first step is just to make a recipe and that can be the simplest recipe out there. But as soon as you start dabbling a little bit, you'll start to become more curious. So we also play a game in our house where we find an ingredient at the grocery store no one's ever used. Or I let the kids pick an ingredient or a vegetable or a fruit and we research it sometimes even just at the store, a quick Google search and we'll figure out how we work with that ingredient. And again, it's also spending time in the grocery store. I take my kids grocery shopping. We play the letter game. My daughter's learning how to read. It's all, you know, it takes longer, but it's all part of that quality time together and teaching them about food. And we come home and we experiment with that, that ingredient. And sometimes it fails miserably and that's okay. You can always order a pizza. It's not the end of the world. Again, it's one meal, one day out of your entire life. And that is not horrible. Even if we just eat string cheese for dinner, it's fine. It was the process and the bonding and the the learning that really got you to the end point. I love that. I think that that is awesome. Um, So it could be any random ingredient in terms of, of putting a meal together. How do you do you start? You say this is our foundation. If we are meat eaters, which I am to say we're going to have have beef of some kind. And how do you sort of build that out? If I'm explaining or asking correctly. Yes, certainly. You got to start someplace. Right. So I guess it depends on what your star is. So if I'm working with an ingredient that I haven't worked with before, or maybe I'm just trying to make some more interesting vegetable side dish, I might start with the vegetable and then figure out how to pair a protein and and some like flavors. But often for people, it starts with whatever the entree is, whether that's a pasta or, or a protein or something along those lines. So you start there and you build out. One of the elements I always talk to people about is color. I like to have a colorful plate. Even as an adult, I want to eat the rainbow. So, and proteins are often very brown. They're kind of boring and lame, right? So it starts there with building out color and figuring out how I'm going to make my plate look pretty, just in terms of color. And then we use a philosophy, we call it the 5S philosophy. So we're looking at salt and I love salt. I'm obsessed with them. It's kind of ridiculous. I even carry salt in my purse. Sauces, because sauces are the one thing you're going to see on restaurant menus versus home menus that kind of take things to the new level. Seasonings, all those seasonings that you never use that are in your cabinet that are probably old and expired and have no flavor anymore. I'm going to teach you how to use those and understand them and add them to recipes. And then we look at five, your five senses and how it looks, how it tastes, how it smells. All of those things come into food because we see it. We see a sizzling plate of fajitas go by. We smell it long before it ever hits our, hits our mouth. And then also the feel and not just the feel of our fingers, but our mouth feel, which is a word everybody always cringes at. But chefs and food critics will use it all the time. What's the mouth feel of the food. And we can relate to that. Is it smooth? Is it crunchy? I always like to add texture to meals. So things like crunchy sea salts and stuff like that. So all of those are going to be the elements we're looking at when we're building out a dish. We want to make sure it's pretty. We want to make sure it has texture. We want to make sure it has flavor and we want to make sure that it tastes good. I love it. Are fajitas the the greatest 
personal branded food out there? Greatest marketing oh, department whenever they walk past. Probably. They're colorful. They can hear the sizzle. You can smell the I mean, I'm wanting a margarita right now. Oh, totally. <laughs> what kind of salt do you have in, 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 in your purse, Jessica? What's what's going on? You like turn it over and just salt comes out? What's going on? No, I don't think I have any. I have I have a I, I, this is embarrassing. In my in my desk drawer, I have two salts. So this is Jacobson, which is like a finishing salt. It's uh, like a crunchy, um, almost looks like a prism salt, but it's a less salty salt, if you will. And then I have real salt, which is, uh, if you've ever been to Utah, they swear by real salt. This is like a pink salt from the, the salt flats up there, but it's a fine sea salt, also used in flavoring things. So this would be more for like a salad, and this would be more for, for a protein. But um, I always keep Maldon sea salt on my on my table. It's they're like they're fun. They're little prisms. My kids call them the pyramids, because and that's what creates that texture, but also the light salt flavor. And then of course I, I cook mostly with coarse kosher salt, sometimes a fine sea salt, but never ever an iodized table salt because it's a metallic. It's the saltiest of them, highest in sodium because even though it's all salt, they do have different sodium levels and salty factors. So learning about salt is also going to be one of your keys but the best way to do that is to play with it to buy salts taste them and figure it out it's all about experience and trial and error yeah i think that that's awesome i love the five the the five s's uh and you hit the nail on the head with the seasoning i think we've all got uh had the best of designs or were gifted all these different jars or whatever bottles full of uh green things yeah. that are now just just brittle and dry and probably just throw them out throw them out yeah see seasoning starts to lose its flavor about six months in if it's dried and opened so yeah so even after six months you might need to double the amount you use in a recipe see these are the little tidbits that are in the blog post that everybody complains about but you might (laughs) you might learn something if you read it um but i teach you how to revive it a little bit with a lot of the dry herbs you can rub them between your palms and get some of the natural oils to come back you can double the amount in the recipe and for most of them i also have some swaps so if one of your recipes didn't work or Maybe you don't feel like buying an entire jar of rubbed sage because it's expensive and you don't use sage that often. Um, you know, what can we swap out for that? Or what are some other recipes that we can use rubbed sage in? So you've kind of got to pick, choose your own adventure in terms of, of stuff like that. But nice. yes, if your dried herbs are over a year old, just toss them, just toss them. Buy small jars, the half jars and toss the old stuff because you're not going to get much out of it. Got it. Well, Jessica, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn Thank more you. about you? How do we how do we dig into all this? SavoryExperiments.com. We've got over 2,000 recipes. We have tutorials. We have a free eight-day how to be a better home cook email course that anybody can sign up for. Um, I'm a real person back here and on all of my social media. So I do interact with people. If you're on Facebook and you say, yum, it is me personally saying thank you behind the computer. And I love working with people and hearing from people. So please don't be a stranger, reach out. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this much as I did, show Jessica your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to savoryexperiments.com. And it's a beautiful website with, like Jessica said, thousands of different um, different recipes and take advantage of that of that free home cook course and just start that first, just take that first step. 
to cooking for yourself and involve your kids. And I'm sure that you will find yourself a healthier and happier person, all those good things. Thanks again, Jessica. Thank you. Until next time, remember, do your part by doing your best.